as we go on social media and welcome that audience in. Let's just open up with prayer. Heavenly Father, we, we purpose in our hearts and spirits, Father, to not only be hearers of your word, but doers of the word. Father, we ask that the words that are spoken here this morning be words that bring heaven to earth. We thank you for revelation. We thank you for inspiration. We thank you for direction. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. If you would, open your Bibles to the book of James, chapter 1. James, chapter 1. You know, I want to talk to you today about the title of the message really is, is following God's plan. Did you know that God had a plan for your life? Most people don't realize that. Most people never even heard that talk. They've never been told that God has a plan for your life. And he's got an important plan. All right? And the reason why a lot of people get frustrated in life and things as life goes on is because, you know, that the plan that they're on is not necessarily God's plan. They've got their own plan. And so your own plan will lead to disaster. But if you get on to God's plan, God's got a plan for you. Amen. You know, Jesus said it this way in Matthew 6, I believe it's chapter 20, or verse 22, 23. He says, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, or the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all his ways. And all these things, he said, all, all these things will be added unto you. What was he saying there? He was saying, find out how the kingdom of heaven operates. Find that out. Figure that you, You've got to learn how that operates in your life and then everything else, it'll be added unto you. You know, that's why when you look around and we see people, that they've got a lot of money, they've got a lot of things, but they're not happy. Why? Because without Jesus and the Father in their lives, you really don't have anything. Then Jesus said, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father but through me. What was he saying there? He's saying the destination is the Father here on earth. He didn't say, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man goes to heaven but through me. That is true. But he said, no man goes to the Father but through me. See, the most important relationship that you all have. You know, if we asked a bunch of people, what's the most important relationship? Most people would probably say uh, their spouse, if they're married. If not, they might say their kids or, you know, their relationship with their boss. But nobody would ever think to say, the most important relationship you have is with the Father. Why? Because out of that comes everything. All right, that's what Jesus was saying. He said, no man goes to the Father but through me. So what you hear from the Father is what, in matter of fact, Jesus said, I can do nothing. That's what he said. He said, I can do nothing except I hear the Father or I see the Father do it. So everything that happened in Jesus' ministry, he didn't do that by his own accord. He did that by, because the Father was telling him or had showed him. You know, a lot of people have this vision. You know, we just sang this song about remove, take our tradition and our religion, make it, have it your way, because God's way is better. You know, Jesus went into, uh, uh, I think it's in, in Mark back there somewhere. He, he went into a, into, to Jerusalem to preach, and he said there was, fa there was Pharisees there, and there was doctors of the law. And I love this next part. It said, and the power of God was present to heal them. Yet what happened was none of them got healed. 
None of the Pharisees or the doctors of the law. Those that knew the word of God. And what happened, he's sitting there, and all of a sudden, there's a commotion up above, and all of a sudden, there's a, there's a young man on a cot that's, that's lowered down before him. And the, the Pharisees and the doctors of the law is watching this going, what's he going to do now? See, they didn't recognize that Jesus was the Messiah, the very, the very one they were preaching about, saying he's going to come and set us free. They had in their tradition, their mentality, that the Messiah was going to come and set them free from Roman uh, 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 occupation. But that's not what happened. So as the young man was lowered down, Jesus heard the Father tell him his sins are forgiven. What was the Father giving? He was giving Jesus directions for the plan. So Jesus said, he said, your sins are forgiven you. And at that very moment, the doctors and the Pharisees said, what, what kind of man is this? Only God can forgive sins. Yeah, you're right. He's right in front of you, but you, you can't see him. Because you, you have a picture of something else. See, a lot of times, the Lord's trying to show us his plan. It's right in front of our eyes, but we see something different. Paul said it this way in Romans. He said, those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God, but those that are led by the flesh shall die. Why? Because if you're flesh-led and you're not listening to what the Spirit of God is saying, it can cost you. And the, a lot, most of the time, the death is slow. It's years in the making, but it can be instant. You know, I used to say this uh, when we first got into the ministry. I said, you know, you need to be led by the Spirit to go to Walmart. But you know what? That was 15 years. Going to Walmart could kill you. Literally, something could happen. You know, we didn't really perceive that happening, but see, sometimes God, the Spirit of God speaking to us, but we're not, we're not listening to Him. So look here in James chapter 1. James, who we know, is Jesus' what? His brother. So James not only grew up hearing the stories about Jesus, how Jesus as a, as a young boy, you know, the Bible says that he grew in stature and favor, speaking of Jesus, with God and with man. So a lot of people have this vision of Jesus that, you know, he, he knew everything, he knew who he was from the very beginning. No, that's not what the Bible says. He, he, he grew in stature with, and, and favor with God and man. I mean, if you want to, you want to look that up, that's back in um, Luke 2.52. But James here, chapter 1, let's pick it up here in verse uh, 22. James says this, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer of it, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face. Now the King James says it this way, in a glass. Now we know that word means, it, it, it actually means a mirror. And that's what James was saying. For he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway he forgets what manner of man he was. Now imagine that. Looking, he says, but he, he looks at himself and he walks away, he forgets what he looks like. Now, 
I know that's kind of hard for you to imagine, but see, James is by the Spirit of God, but also because all the books in the Bible were written by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but James had a little bit of inside information because he grew up with the Messiah. Now, he's younger, true, but so he's growing up hearing all these stories about his older brother. All right? And there's something that he knows about his older brother. His older brother had to learn some things about himself. Now, we'll read this next verse here. He says, but whoso, verse 25, are you a whoso? Yeah, you're a whoso. I'm a whoso. Whoso looketh unto the perfect law of liberty and continues therein. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. What's the perfect law of liberty? It's the Word of God. Because the Word of God sets you free. It gives you revelation and inspiration and direction in your life. And see, what James was saying here is, my brother Jesus had to look into the Word of God and see who he was. Why do you think when we, we, we read stories about Jesus as a young boy, he, was, he, he went into the temple and he talked to the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, 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 and learned from them, but then it got to the point where he was teaching them. They were amazed at what he knew. He had a hunger for the things of God. He was open to what God was doing and wanted to do. So as he read the Word, he was granted it was all Old Testament, but as he was reading the Old Testament, he said, my gosh, this is me. It's talking about me. But see, the same thing happens today. When you as a born-again believer read the Word of God and know that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the Word's talking about you. And that's what James was saying. He was saying, a man that looks into the the perfect law of liberty will be blessed and continues there, will be blessed in everything that he does. Why? Because he sees who he really is through Christ, through what Jesus, his redemptive work was and is and still is doing in the earth. Now, let's go to um, John chapter 17. John 17. You remember when, uh, when Jesus had the incident with Peter. And uh, he told Peter and, and really the disciples that this was God's plan. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die. And on the third day, I'm going to raise from the dead. And Jesus said, no, 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 Master. This can't happen to you. And it says Jesus rebuked him. He rebuked Peter. Why? Because Peter was going against the plan of God, even though he was doing it because he loved the Lord and he didn't want to see any harm come to him. He was, he was going against the plan. So Jesus rebuked him, and then he said, Get behind me, Satan. He wasn't talking so much of that, that Peter was, was Satan. He was understanding that Peter was under demonic influence and speaking, Satan was speaking to Jesus through Peter. And so when he rebuked Peter, he rebuked him because he was trying to, to, to stop the plan. But Jesus was focused on the plan. 
Now, here in John 17, verse 1, it says, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven. And he said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify you. So what do we see here? This is a prayer. Jesus is in communion with the Father. And verse 2, he says, As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given me, you have given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Notice what he said here. These are very key words. And this is eternal life, that they may know you. He's talking about a relationship. He's talking about a relationship. Your most important relationship you have here on earth is the relationship you have with the Heavenly Father, and most Christians don't know that. What did Hosea, the prophet Hosea, said this in Hosea 4.6? He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge and because they reject it. And what happened with Jesus that day when the young boy was lowered to the ceiling, the, the, Pharise the, the Pharisees and the doctors of the law, they rejected it. Right? They, did, they didn't know. They thought they knew, but they rejected it. And God said, he prophesied back in Hosea, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge and because they reject knowledge. So Jesus was, was telling the disciples here, telling everyone, he said, this is life, that they might know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Verse 4, he says, I have glorified you on the earth. What, what was he talking about there? Glorified the Father on the earth. He, he's, he's had the, when we talk about the glory of God, it's the actual manifestation in the presence of, of the Heavenly Father here on earth. That's what Jesus did. Now, if you look in, we're not going to go there, but in Ephesians 5.1, it says, be followers of God, but the Amplified says, be imitators of God as dear children. So the Word of God is telling us to follow the Father. Do what He does. And what is Jesus doing? He's following the Father. He said, I can do nothing except I hear the Father or I see the Father do it. So constantly, that's what Jesus, how, how He walked on this earth. And you know, the Bible even says He did so many more miracles, there's not enough books to even hold what He did. We're getting just a smidgen of what He did. All right? But he goes on, he says, I've glorified thee on the earth, and I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Now listen, that's Jesus' words. He said, I have finished the work that you've given me to do. Well, what about the rest of the New Testament? Well, see, that, that was not Jesus' job. God had reserved that for Paul. Jesus' ministry was to die on the cross on the third day, be resurrected, and ascend to, the, to heaven. All right? That was his ministry. So he said, I'm done. So anytime you hear somebody say that, well, you know, we're, we're I, I can't remember, I had, I think Hare Krishnas or something like that uh, approached me one day and said, we're here to talk about Hare Krishnas. Jesus' work wasn't finished. I said, well, you haven't read the Bible. <laughs> he said, it's finished. It's finished. See, the devil will send people to you to try to distract you and get you off course. All right? Jesus is saying, I, I finished it. I'm done. He said, uh, verse 5, And now, O Father, glorify thou me 
with thine own self, with the glory which I have had thee before thee and the world was. I have manifested your name unto the men which you gave me out of the world, thine and thy were, and you gavest them me, and they have kept your word. Notice what he's saying here. The people that the Father gave him, they kept his word. That's very key. They were, they were what? They were not only hearers of the word of God, but they were doing the word of God. That's what Jesus was saying. Well, see, James said that later on. All right? If you're, if you're a hearer of the word, but you don't do what the word says, you're like a man who looks at himself in the mirror and then walks away and says, I don't even know what I look like. What color hair do I have? I think it's brown. Well, no, maybe it's blonde. Well, you know, I used to have red hair. Well, I'm not really sure. You, you, you think that guy's a little nuts. Think of spiritually now. Because he's talking spiritually. You look into the perfect law of liberty because you should be, this is what you should be reading. This is what you should be studying. You know, I, I had a relative one time tell me, said uh, he was uh, trying to read the Word of God. He's going to read the Word of God all the way through. And I said, well, that's good. When you get done, start all over again. See, the Bible's not something you read like a book. Most people will read the Bible and say, well, I read, it, I read through it one time. Well, that's good for you. I don't know how many times I've been through the Word of God. Because you don't read it like a book. You keep, oh, it's, 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 it's alive. This Word is alive. Jesus was the Word, and then He became flesh. That's what the Word of God says. So this Word is alive. It, you know, in Proverbs 18.21, it says this. It says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Right? Life and death are in the power of our tongue. And you, ha you have to get this revelation that every time you speak, you're giving life to something, you're giving death to something else. And that's what Jesus taught the disciples. He said, they've kept your word. They kept it. They didn't forget it. They kept it. So he goes on here. He says, now, now in verse 7, Now they have known that all things whatsoever you have given me are of you. For I have given unto them the words which you gave me, and they have received them. And they have known surely that I came out from you, and they have believed that you did send me. Now, listen, now here's a very important part here. Verse 9, he says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which you have given me, for they are yours. And isn't that interesting? Here's the Son of God saying, I prayed for them. I don't pray for the world. Is it, is it not God's will that everyone in the world be... Yes, it is. But see, Jesus' ministry wasn't to the world. It was to those that God sent him to. See, sometimes we can get the idea that, well, we, we've got to go out and, and save the world. No, 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 no. <laughs> where has God sent you to? Where has the Father sent you to? That's where your concern is. Now, the Father may, as you, as you operate in that ministry, in that area, arena of your life, all right, and you do that for a while, then maybe God will refocus and say, okay, I want you to get, now, now go somewhere else, right? But Jesus is saying, my work's done here. Now, I want you to, to turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians 3. And uh, we'll look at Paul's letters here. 
And I'm going to read to you also from the Amplified, but I'll read to you from the King James first. I like the Amplified because it really does expound on the Word. And really the Amplified Bible takes the Greek and the Hebrew words and it puts all those words in, in the Scripture. See, as a, when we speak English, we have one word for something. But the Hebrew and the Greek, they have many words. So for us just to use one word, it's very limited. And what the Amplified does is it takes all the words of that particular language in the New Testament, be the Greek, and it puts those meanings in there. So you, you, it, gives, it gives a lot more fullness to it. But Paul, in his, his letter here in Ephesians chapter 3, one of, I, love, I love Ephesians. I, I, I read Ephesians quite frequently because of the, the revelation that comes from it. And you'll, you'll see here in just a second. In verse 16, he says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love, that is agape love, not phileo, but agape love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that's at work in you, which is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, by the way, unto him be glory in the church, and again, that word glory means manifestation. Unto him be glory or manifestation in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So see, right here, it's telling you God wants to manifest in the church all right, and in the, in the, in the believer's lives. That is his will. Now let me, let me read to you from the Amplified here. And it says, May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself, indwelling your innermost being and personality. Now that's rich right there. That is really, really rich. That he wants you to be strengthened and reinforced. It doesn't sound like he wants you sick. It doesn't sound like he wants you in fear. It doesn't sound like he wants you doubting. He wants you to know. Because you, 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 can't, you can't have peace in your life unless you know for sure. Right? You know, it, I alluded to it earlier, but you know, when, the, when they gave me that, basically, that, that death sentence, the, you know, I knew what the Word of God said about healing. But you know what? <laughs> I also knew where I'm going. Now, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I did think for a minute or two about, you know, well, I could go home. Wow. So I kind of understand what Paul was talking about. He said, but I'm, I'm in a straight betwixt the two things. To go home and be with him or stay here. Well, it would be more profitable because, you know, the Lord started revealing things. You know, he, he, he talks to you when you're talking to him. He says, Michael, you need to think about this. Because you, you set your heart on coming home, you're leaving that, you're coming out of that body. He said, you got grandchildren, you got grandbabies. They need you. 
There's people that need you. They need to hear the word. It's not, see, it's no longer... And then, then Paul comes back in the picture and says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Well, that's not a living sacrifice. So I say, I want to go home. I'm tired here. That's not a living sacrifice, is it? No. no. I'm, doing, I'm doing things my way. But see, you know, God wants us to do things His way. Because His way is a better way, really. It really is a better way. But see, your flesh will, will lie to you and, and tell you things. And if you, if you led by your flesh, it, it brings you to destruction. So he says, he, says that he says that he would reinforce you with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling in your innermost being and personality. Verse 17, may Christ, through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your heart. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. For more information on that, refer to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. It's going to have a lot of revelation about love, agape love. Not phileo, but agape love. He says, verse 18, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. And what is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? So he's talking about having an experience with God, with all the other saints. He's talking about you and me to, to grasp it. You know, if God's telling you in his word to grasp something, it's something you're going to have to hold on to dearly. Because there's going to be an opposite force trying to get it away from you and take it from you. So if you don't grab it and hold on to it, it'll be taken from you. All right? That's what Jesus was saying. He said, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violence take it by force. What was he talking about? Those that receive from heaven have a like violent taking of things from heaven. Not because God's withholding it from you, but because the, you have an enemy, and he's trying to take things from you. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come to give you life, and life more abundant. Right? I mean, we, we should be aligning ourselves with the Word of God. God sent His Word. He gives us 120 years to live. But what are we conditioned to believe? 70, 80 years old. So what happens when, with most believers that reach there? They get age 70. Well, I start, better get things in order. I mean, if you, don't think, if you don't say this out loud, you start to think on it subconsciously. And, you know, you, you, you don't meditate on it, but you'll see, if you don't answer that with the Word of God and say, whoa, 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 God said, I can have 120 years. Mary's working in that direction. She's sticking around. Like well, she got the Word in her. And see, you've got to be aggressive. The kingdom of heaven, it says, suffereth violence. That word suffer doesn't mean it's experiencing it. It means it permits. It encourages violent taking of the Word of God. Jesus said, suffer the little children not to come unto me. He didn't say, don't permit them. He said, allow them to, don't stop them from coming unto me. Allow them to come unto me. So, he says here that, that you, uh, where did I leave off? Verse 18? Yeah. Uh, okay, let's look at verse 19 that you may really come to know, 
practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge, without, that is, without experience, that you might be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, that you may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Isn't that rich? See, God doesn't want you to just know about him. See, there's a lot of Christians, that's what they, well, yeah, I, I know God. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about having a personal relationship with him. What did Jesus say? He said, in that day, many will come and they'll say, but, but Lord, didn't we cast out devils in your, didn't we speak with new tongues? He said, away from me, I never knew you. I never had a relationship with you. And he said, they will be cast into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But see, God wants to have an experience with you and me. He wants to teach us. He wants to give us direction. Think of how many, how many lives would be different if when they, <laughs> when they went to get married, uh, the young people would, would seek the father and say, Lord, show me who I'm supposed to marry. Because I don't want to marry the wrong person. How lives would be different. You know, back in biblical times, the, the parents, right, hooked their, hooked their kids up. And see, you know, I remember my younger days hearing about that. And I thought, how crazy is that? Now here I am older, I'm thinking, how wise is that? <laughs> because the parents know better, right? They, they know a lot. I mean, I mean, we're talking about people that followed the Word of God. All right, we're not talking about, you know, older people like here on earth right now that a lot of them don't really know. But see, these were people that, that knew the things of God. They were looking out for their kids to protect them. But see, that's, and that's what the Father's doing here. He's, he wants for you and I to know Him, but to a, to a degree that that power of God is working in your body, and you see it working. You know it's there. The same Spirit, not a like Spirit, but the same one that raised Jesus from the dead, it lives in us. It abi he abides in us. Isn't that what Jesus said? He said, I'll go, but I'm going to send a comforter. And he will do what? He'll lead you and he'll guide you into all truth. But it, we, what do we have to do? We've got to ask him. Holy Spirit, show me what to do. Holy Spirit, show me where I'm supposed to go. You know, I remember years ago when uh, I was out of work. And I said, Lord, where am I supposed to go? He said, Michael, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart for right now. He said, I, I'm going to get you hired at Toyota. You go to work there. I said, well, you know, that's kind of hard to get hired on. Now, this is your, this ten, like, almost 10 years ago. He said, just go ahead and apply. I did. Uh, I went and applied in less than two weeks. I started working. Now, that happens today all the time. It didn't happen back then. You were, you were months. You were months. But see, there were some things the Lord had taught me. And then when I got hired on, you know, you're just, you're just kind of like a temporary type person until you transition. And that was taking two and three years. But see, I knew the word of God. I said, no, it won't take me two or three years. One year. One year. Now see, if I was really thinking, I could have said six months or less, 
But see, that's where my faith was. I said, one year. In 13 months, I transitioned. But not only me, many other people did too. So they reaped by somebody using their faith. And that lasted for a season or two. People were like, well, it, didn't, it didn't only took us 14 months to transition. Well, see, God causes it to rain on the just and the unjust, doesn't he? All right? So see, you're, you're, the power that's in you can move mountains, can change things. But it, it, it won't do it if you, if you don't know how to use it. Right? See, that's what God's wanting us to do. He's wanting us to take his word and let his word change you on the inside first. And as it changes you on the inside, guess what? You're, you're not only going to be a hearer of the word, but you're going to be a doer of the word. And through that process, when the Lord tells you something, or something comes up in your life, you, go, you already got the answer. You already have the answer. See, God knows what's going to happen a year from now, two years from now, five years from now. He knows what's happening down the road, and He's preparing you so that what? So that rather than have to go through that circumstance, you can just soar like the eagle and go over top. You don't have to go through it. Don't, don't lock yourself in with everybody else out there thinking, well, I know the Lord will see me through it. Well, He will, but that's not His perfect will. His perfect will is to get you to, to soar like an eagle over top of the situation so that you don't have to experience it. If you listen, if we'll listen. And that's what Jesus was saying to the Father, that He had instructed. He, they, they, they received His Word. They had received it. They had received it. So that any situation that came up, they already knew what to do. They knew what to do. And here we are, 2,000 years later, we got a lot of Christians that we don't know what to do. Why? We've gotten away from His Word. We've gotten away from that experience, knowing the Father. It's the most important relationship you'll ever have in your life. Because you know what? The Father will get everything else to work out if you listen to Him. And it won't be in the natural. Because see, your natural mind says, well, if they do this to me, I'm going to do that to them. And see, the Spirit of God will have you do something that doesn't even make any sense. Why? Because he's seeing, he's seeing the whole thing. He's got a revelation. And he's bringing it to pass. But he needs you to be in agreement with him. You know, it says back in Job, acquaint now yourself with the Lord and be at peace. That word acquaint means agree with him. Find out what the word says about your situation and say, Father, I believe that. I believe what your word says. You know, when they gave me that diagnosis, I had to look to the word of God and say, Lord, you said in Psalm that you sent your word and you healed me. Isaiah and Peter said it this way, that by his stripes I, I am healed. And then Peter said, by his stripes I was healed. Speaking of future and past. Well, Father, I believe that. I believe I've been healed. You know, and I just worship the Lord. And then the Lord finally, he said to me, he said, Michael, in 30 days, it'll be all clear. He didn't say I'll heal you. He said it'll be all, it'll be all clear. Well, I went in, and 30 days later, the reports come back. They found no cancer in me. 
and it was a little over 35 days. I guess the uh, dermatologist, Dr. Guerrero, she did what's called Guerrero, okay, <laughs> a, a what they call a castle report, which for melanoma to ever return to your body. And I saw her just last month. She said, you know, if this keeps up, we would probably just go down to once a year. She said, but you'll have to come in the rest of your life. I said, well, that's okay. I don't have a problem with that. See, but you'd be at peace. God wants you at peace. He wants you to have peace. He doesn't want you to be troubled. And you're at peace when you know him and you know his plan. And you got a revelation there. Amen? Did you get something today? Hallelujah. God has a, has a plan for you. He wants you to be at peace. He, he doesn't want you to be worried, troubled. Get with his plan. And how do you, how do you get with his plan? Well, you, 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 you spend time with him. You get in his word. You, you study the word of God. You let it get on the inside of you. All right? You meditate. Meditate on that word of God. And it'll give you peace. That's why I love Ephesians. It's so rich with peace and revelation. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've read Ephesians. It's in the thousands, maybe tens of thousands. And I still find stuff I've never seen before. That's why I say the Word of God's alive. It's just not black and white letters. It's alive. There's revelation there. All right, but you're going to have to keep going back to the well. Keep going back to the well. Amen? Glory to God. Father, we thank you for your word today. Father, I believe that we've heard from heaven this morning. Father, I pray that each and every one here today, that the words that were spoken from heaven will be etched in our hearts permanently, Lord. That we'll not only be hearers of your word, but Father, we'll be doers of your word. Thank you, Father, for your mercy and for your grace. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for correction. Thank you for direction, Lord, in our lives. Lord, that we can, we can go out and, and we can minister the gospel, the good news to others, that they would come and hear, that they would receive your Son as their Lord and Savior and enter into that relationship. Father, we know it's not your will that any should perish and go to hell, but all men should be saved. And that, we thank you, Father. Father, I, I call these people the head, not the tail, above, not beneath. Father, everything we put our hands to will prosper in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah.